NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. The great cricketer is a Twitter stream. It's about playing cricket at the grade level. It's a tough, mean, dirty, dirty business being a great cricketer. A lot of cricketers, you know, that's all they know. They've mm. done it since they're 10 and they have a deep-seated fear of change. But the great cricket is all about being the most alpha version of yourself as possible at all costs and at all times. I don't bat or bowl. I just feel the gully, count the number of dot balls in a row, sledge 15 yards, make me feel better about myself. Thanks, Thanks champ. champ. Oh, no, you called me champ. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Great Cricketer Podcast on the Diamantina Podcast Network. Adam Zampa and Jason Sanger are on the show, but before then, we need to talk about the second and third ODI versus India. I know we've already forgotten about those, but we must touch on them because many things happened. Obviously, the Aussie Test squad against Sri Lanka has been announced. Plenty of ins and outs there. Sri Lanka are struggling. Those WBBL finals, my goodness me, were unbelievable. Mm. Talking about that, also some of the men's big bash, which the biggest takeaway is that the lights went out at the Gabba. All that. That before asking, uh, answering your questions using the hashtag AskTJC. Ian Higgins here with Sam Perry and Dave Edwards. Boys, happy new year. Um, and uh, to, have we already forgotten about the ODIs? Oh, absolutely. What as ODIs? You start, yeah, as mm. you started saying, we're going to talk about the ODIs. I was like, what happened? I really forget what happened. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, look, you know, it was, it, it was good, wasn't it? Like, India won. Uh, they deserve to win. Yeah. Uh, Australia mm. kind of made a slight fist of it in Adelaide via a Sean Marsh ton. Yeah. Um, but really, the class won out. And while everyone lost it on Twitter about how slow MS Dhoni was going, he yeah. still just controlled it. And he's about 85 years old, and it was really easy for him. Yeah. I just love the way that Dhoni goes about it. Mm. He's not rushed. Mm. Like, we were all just so rushed in our modern lives. It's like mm-hmm. when the fucking. <laughs> The garbage bin comes and you think about putting it out the day before, but you'll just wait till it's there two mm. doors down yeah. and you fucking run outside with your undies <laughs> yeah. trying to get it in. You know, he yeah. doesn't want, he just waits until the garbage man is right outside his house, yeah. goes in, pops it in, done. Fitting analogy. Why fuck around? I like that. Um, so, Dhoni is 37, so yeah. I just Roger Federer, just a couple of champions mm. just, just rolling around. Yeah. Um, champed him. And, uh, yeah, champed him. And, um, the chat was in India, like before this test, before this uh, ODI series, is that like, would you take Dhoni to the World Cup? Which mm. I find incredible. I mean, it probably just mm. shows how, mm. how much depth they have. Mm. I think um, Pant is the backup, mm. um, who's obviously done wonderfully well in the test series as well, runs, attacking, exciting batsmen, wicket keeps okay as well. But like Dhoni, like, how could you not have that experience in like the middle order? I think the oh. argument is that, like, while it's amazing to watch how well he times a chase, like, he does put a lot of pressure on the batsmen around him to do the job. Um, perhaps beating Australia at the moment is 
mm. easy compared to who they might come up against if they want to win mm. the World Cup. So, mm. uh, you know, Coley has to do a lot more mm. than the other guys. Um, Kartik, I think, is the other guy as mm. well who had to do mm. a little bit as well and maybe didn't get the um, the praise that Donny gets because, like, you know, you, your great analogy, Dave, was, was spot on. Like, it, it reminds me of, like, trying to finish an essay at uni or something and just mm. ignoring it. Just going, yeah. no, nah, it doesn't it's not due, it's not due. I'm just I don't know how this is gonna get done. Is it gonna write itself? Yeah. He's like that with an ODI, except that like when he needs to, he just hits a six. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Loses ten percent but still it gets a good care. mark. Yeah. yeah. He still strikes me as a guy who gets like I said this last week, just like I'll hit a six now. I'll, I'll, yeah. I need to hit one now. I hit one, yeah. and just bombs it. I mean, yeah. I take your point as well. Being this Australian side, it is a second string attack. Yeah, you know, Jay Richardson's done very well, yeah. but like we are missing Stark, mm. former number one ODI bowler in the world. Mm. Yeah. Cummins isn't playing. Mm. Um, is Hayes, Hazelwood? Yeah, Hazelwood's yeah. probably there or there, there. as well. So it's probably a, you know, it's probably a bit of a second string attack, but still. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so I think it's an interesting one. I think all like the data guys are like mm, I don't you know Dhoni flatters to deceive a little bit and it's mm. a bit a bit more about the cult of Dhoni he's kind of got carte blanche in India to do what he wants oh. now it's like the great elder statesman but still it's great to watch but, <laughs> but mate how good is it going to be getting around Dhoni yeah. at the World Cup the, <laughs> the amount well, of, that's like, a good point intangibles that he provides yeah. for young Indian cricketers coming mm. through and just to be around him mm. just to be around him mm. and be surrounded by him I think will be invaluable which as we know yeah. is very important in the Australian game being able to get around people generally yeah. be up and about the ability to be surrounded by other players and mm. men is really important in mm. cricket. I love that. I love that so much because it's like India clearly the best team in the world at the moment. But like you never hear like Ravi Shastri being like, "Oh well, Donny's good around the group." Yeah, right? that's <laughs> right. Yeah. No, yeah. he's one of the best players in the world, so we will pick him. Yeah. Um. So India have beaten us in the T Twenties. They beat us in the Test series. They beat us in the ODIs. Mm-hmm. Let me what do you say? Let me put it. <laughs> let me put it to you that we were very unlucky in the entire series. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let me put it to you that um. Coley wasn't at his all-time best this series, or any of these series. Mm. You know, he got 100 in the second ODI. Mm. Right. Bat- batted very well. Um, yeah, he, he got hundreds in the Test Series, mm. batted okay in the T20s. Mm. He wasn't amazing in any, at any point, and yet Australia really weren't close oh. in any of these series. Mm. It's a sizzling hot take from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm absolutely fond Stephen Hayes Flames here, yeah. yeah I mean, like, so, so, what, so what I'm saying is, it's, yeah, LeBron's overrated. Um, yeah. What I'm saying is... But that, is he like, clutch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, I mean, the beginning of the series, everyone was like, well, I mean, if we get Coley out, we might be a chance. But, yeah. like, I mean, Coley was, you know, he was okay in, in all three series, but, like, we've just been dicked three yeah. times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's a funny verb, isn't it, to be dicked? But um, yeah, well, I mean, what can you say? I think we've kind of trampled over this ground, haven't we? But we didn't have Smith and Warner. Oh yeah, that's uh, yeah. right. So nothing counts. Yeah, yeah, the caveat, the all-time caveat. I mean, the he goes the at least the ODI stuff kind of gave way to some changes in the test side. Like there were a few people who didn't mm. quite perform, but one guy who did was Jai Richardson. So yeah. the Malcolm mm. in the middle, all grown up, now finds himself <laughs> in the. Uh, yeah. In the test side, I think I welcome it. I welcome his selection into the side. I think a lot of people are like, yeah, but what about Chris Tremaine and Scott Boland who have taken more wickets this year in the Shield? Like mm. Jai Richardson's taken a lot of wickets too. He's taken like 29 wickets mm. at 19. Mm. And, you know, he bowls 140s. Mm. <laughs> so the, the ever-present seduction of pace mm. over anything else, um, we will always surrender to that as mm. a nation. I mean, we've got England to look forward to where, mm. you know, traditionally it's a place for medium... Pace mm. seamers mm. and swingers who can do a bit with the ball, and yeah. we have those in Australia. Yeah. 
But, um, you know, Joe Richardson is fast mm. and we're excited by pace. Mm. Raw mm. pace mm. excites us mm. that's as Australians. Good, that's a good point. Um, the selections as a whole are interesting. I'm, I'm totally fine with Joe Richardson getting a Guernsey bowler. I me think too. like of all totally the Totally fine, don't get me wrong. Of all the, of all the bowlers, um, you know, going around in the state system, he's as good as, you know, I, I think that, uh, the bowling's fine anyway. I mean, like mm. really, unless someone's injured, i.e. Josh Hazelwood, like mm. the, the replacement is, mm. I don't know. It's, it seems fine to me. But, like, in, in the ODIs, Sean Marsh, probably the standout batsman. Yeah. Um, he will go to the World Cup. Like, he'd have to do something remarkably wrong to not get picked up for the World Cup. Yeah. Um, and this kind of all fits in a little bit to the test selection yeah. for the Ashes. Because this, this Sri Lanka series starting uh, on Thursday at the Gabba there seems just the most, like, just non-consequential just it's, like, it's just contractual obligations we have to do <laughs> yeah, it we don't yeah, want to do yeah. it no one wants to do yeah. it Sri Lanka doesn't want to be there we don't want to be there yeah but you know we've booked the grounds we've got to go <laughs> exactly. but we we need yeah. this though don't we like I mean how hungry is the Australian public for hundreds and just just bulk gluttony of wickets and runs are you runs? still hungry I mean it's, it's long summer yeah we haven't had a hundred mm. just watch us though I mean I take your point like that mm. it's all it's all very much an afterthought this series uh, and you know we're already taking great arrogance into it thinking we're going to knock Sri Lanka yeah. over when we are um, going to we're oh, taking okay. no learnings from this Indian yeah. series absolutely or just generally I'm just generally I am, history. I am 100% fine with like the ultra arrogance of yeah. me right now yeah. just being like all Sri Lanka you're so are, bullish yeah why are you your shirt off are, <laughs> Sri Lanka are awful I'm about to sing the team song yeah. um like because they are like there's probably teams in like the conference of international teams who could beat Sri Lanka at the moment. They're okay. missing. They're missing Angelo Matthews. Um, Pradeep is out with a hamstring, as you've noted in the agenda here. Um, <laughs> and he wasn't anyway. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm a big big Pradeep fan, as you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you like about him? Uh, just the way he goes about it. <laughs> it's yeah, a good boy. He get, it's yeah, good to get just, around. He's good, for, he's good for the group. Yeah, yeah. good to be around <laughs> the group. Um, so like they're they're really weak. They they are awfully weak. And like I just think I think runs. In this series, someone could score 150 and be like, "Yeah, it's Sri Lanka, though, isn't it? That was flat, flat wickets." I don't know. I reckon we're at the point where it just it will be worth like 1.5 times centuries. Oh, I just we just want All right, we just want, runs. We want hundreds. We, it'll be clipped up by Seven and Fox. Mm-hmm. You know, there'll be um, inspiring music behind it. Uh, it'll mm. all sorts of narratives will then be able to like spawn and grow between now and the Ashes mm. in August. I mean, I think like yeah. if you're Burns, Renshaw. Um, Patterson, who we'll talk about, and mm. Bukowski, like mm. you would just be absolutely licking your lips that you were not picked against India, mm. and now you come in against Sri Lanka, won't sure. you? Because like the recency bias is going to be incredible. For oh, sure, I mean, bias. I think this is like Sean Marsh's biggest <laughs> failure, and that like bias. he just had to surely just do enough to just keep the wolves at bay for a little bit to yeah. get into this Sri Lanka series where he would because unta- I like I can already see what's going to happen. He's going to go back to Shield, score seven hundred runs in the last yeah. four yeah. Shield games, yeah. look and good then, while while he's at it, uh, look look amazing, you mm. know, yeah. and also and also his technique will be good as well, and then. It'll just be like, well, we've got the leading run scorer in the Shield who's now scored 1,000 runs in a Shield season. Do we take him to the Ashes? Mm. And it's like, well, do you go back to that? But then it's just like, oh, yeah, but Patterson got a 70 at the Gabba. Yeah, it was against Sri Lanka. You know, all these questions are going <laughs> to yeah. happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's nothing we can do about it that's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. So let's just prepare ourselves for that. Well, it's kind of like this series as a whole. It's just like, well, let's just mm. get through it. Do, but do, do you think do you think the country is interested in this? Because like so the 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 what Cricket Australia did when the lights went out at the Gabba the other night, there was probably fifteen yeah. ish thousand people at the Gabba that night. So the lights went out at the Gabba, and then get uh, the CA were like, well, you can get a free day at the cricket any day of the cricket uh, to the Test match. Mm. So 
CA are expecting so few people at this test match that mm. they're just like, oh, 15,000 people want to come on, on any of these days. Oh, yeah. Just bring them along. Yeah, yeah no dramas. I'd love to know we'll if anyone's actually arced up about that. No, I want my money back or <laughs> I want to go and watch another BBL game. Yeah. Like, because they'd be in, indignant as a consumer and rightfully so to be mm. able to request that yeah. from mm. CA. I'd love to know the numbers. Mm. Yeah, I don't think the Big Bash fans and the Test Match fans are the same Completely people. Completely demographic. I went to my first Big Bash game the other day, by the way. I mean, we were getting massively off track here, but mm. I, uh, that would be my last Big Bash game for a while. It's oh, just, well, what, it's what, just what your not, impressions? It's just not a good match day experience. It's fucking in your face. Oh. Like it's just, I was just, you can't enjoy the cricket because yeah. like there's like a dot ball and then just like this roaring track of like sure from like the 80s or the 90s or, you know, just like there's like in your face in between balls. There's just too much going on. Well, it's, okay. it's so you're 80. For, yeah. Attention to def- deficit disorder sufferers. Yeah. And um, yeah, everywhere you go. I, mean, I went to one as well and there's just pop-ups everywhere. It's like pop-up ads everywhere. There's music blaring, yeah. people moving, colours. It's yeah. sensory overload. I found it hard to have a conversation with my mates. It just mm. like the PA system was blaring so much. Mm. I sound like an 80-year-old mm. angry man. But you don't go mm. to the BBL to have conversation with your mates. Yeah. No. No, you don't. That's what I learned. You went yeah. in eyes wide open. Like you're aware that it's not made for you. Yeah, I did. Do you know what I mean? I did. You went out of curiosity. Mm. I was yeah, curious. Why did, why did you go? Uh, like, can you run me through the actual thought processes? Like, oh, I might head out to the BBL this evening. What night was it? As well? like it was a Wednesday night. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's a Wednesday night. Oh, yeah. You go to the Eastern afterwards? It's a yeah. Wednesday night. I, I did go East afterwards, but not to the Eastern. Um, uh, what happened was Ed Cowan texted me and said, do you want to uh, go? And I go, okay. I'll do anything Cowan for you. Cowan wants to go. Yeah, so my, yes. My famous friend. I'll <laughs> yeah. do anything yeah. for yeah. you. Yeah, I'll do anything for you. Uh, so that's what happened. And I went. And and so was, Cowan just called on you and you're like, yeah, no worries. Yeah, I was, I was already there. I was yeah. at the SCJ. I wore my media pass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, fuck me. <laughs> so you really, yeah, true that's fan a, experience. That's, yeah. a, that's a joke, by the way. Yeah. Um, you used your media pass to get in, though. You wouldn't have paid. I didn't pay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you brought it. <laughs> Where were we? Did you wear the, the lanyard? Like, <laughs> oh my in the God. Yeah. Of course I did, yeah, yeah. at the bar. Yeah. yeah. Just wanting people to talk to me. Yeah. Well, none of that happened. Anyway, so... Oh, yeah. Curtis Patterson's been rushed into the test side. Let's get back to that. And he's been rushed in. That's the correct verb. Yeah. Um, after 157, not out, yeah. and 102. It's like when you're late out. for a plane and someone just pushes past security and mm. gets straight in because they're, you know, they're bo- what, they have to board. Yeah. Get on. Get on the plane or you're going to miss it. He had to get on the plane or he would have missed it. That's exactly what it's like. And um, there's been some, like... It's been welcomed by a lot of people, I think, frankly, because, like, all of the other um, criterion for test selection has been, like, oh, he's young and could be good or, like, he scored some runs in Shield a few months ago. Now we just have a guy who just really recently scored a lot of runs in a match involving an international side, so Mm. he's just, like, skipped the queue a little bit and... But now it's kind of, you know, brought on some consternation from a few journos going, well, you know, what message does this send to others around the selection process? Mm. Oh, I just think it sends a really good message. Mm. Like, score runs in team. Mm. Really, like, I'm, I'm happy to, like, clap the selectors here who've mm. copped a lot of shit, yeah. and rightly so. And Patterson scored runs for a while and he scored a lot of runs mm. now. And it's like, let's just get this guy who's in form to play against the team he scored two back-to-back hundreds against. I'm fine with it. Makes no sense to me whatsoever. <laughs> I don't see any logic yeah. in that. Yeah. What did? Yeah. I did mean, because they picked the side. Yeah. Pez. They've already picked uh, it. They've yeah. already picked it. Yeah. yeah. So you can't go back on that. I mean, yeah. as Australians, you know, corporations and governments hate to go back on their word. If you say something on public record, <laughs> yeah, that's right. you must stick with it. <laughs> that's right. You must fucking live and die by those yeah. statements and mm. never change. Yeah. 
It's the worst thing you can do in modern public life, change yeah. your mind. Backflip. Mm. It's backflip. Show, to show growth. Mm. You've grown as a person. Mm. Your, your views have changed. Maybe mm. you've changed over Absolutely the years. Absolutely not. No. Never show that. Never no. reveal any weakness. Exactly. I think what the selectors are doing there by picking Patterson you know, ahead of the Ashes series, which is the all-important series, not this series happening right now, is that they just want to know what he's like around the group. True. That's yeah. the most important thing. Because now, this I, is a question about whether he will play or not. Now, we have it on very good authority yep. that Patterson will play. Who told That's you that? That's breaking news. Hey, we've got on good authority that Patterson will play. You don't ever reveal <laughs> Sources, but uh, but we thought you know if Bukowski misses out, at least we'll be able to see what he's like around the group. Yes, you know I mean, bringing him to the group, yeah, see yeah, if yeah. he's what he's like around the boys, yeah. how people get around him, and how he in turn gets around them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I I agree, I agree, Pez. I yeah. I agree with it. Like. It, there are many things that have happened this summer which you can be angry at the selectors for mm. in, in terms of selections. But I don't think Jai Richardson, you know, being brought into the test squad um, or uh, Jai Rich, um, or um, Curtis Patterson as well. Like, a guy scored runs. Like, it's yeah. fine. Like, you know, like, I, it is interesting, though. Like, he was out of the group and now he's been brought into it. Like, why bring him into the team if he's not going to play? Yeah, they need so, to see him. So he, so he will play. He will play. Yeah. I think Bukowski will play too. Yeah. Yeah, and I think... Uh, I think that's exciting. I Me too. Oh, it's all new and good, but I do, I like the shape of the lineup. So who misses out then for Patterson? I'd my my six would be Burns, Harris, yep. Kawaja, mm. um, Patterson, Head, or flip them and Pekovsky at six, and I think Labuschagne would unfortunately miss out mm. on that side. Mm. So that is interesting that Labuschagne misses out. It's going to be disappointing for him because it's his home ground, yes. and we should always. Indulge cricketers to, to play test cricket yeah, at the, the home ground. The decibel level will slightly raise yeah. uh, when he comes. And out his family back. will come, and there'll be a couple of promo pieces to camera True. with friends and family <laughs> yeah. um, on both broadcast <laughs> networks. And I really hope that I can see those. Mm. Seven and Fox miss out there, don't they? Because that's a, at least two or three throws to camera to his family and stuff. That's yeah, true. just be able to get clapping. There. Well, also, yeah, yeah. as he approaches his test day, test hundred, mm. um, debut hundred. That's what I want to see. Mm. Also, Shane Warne's record of the Gabba was excellent. So Lava Shane missed out some wickets there, no doubt. No doubt. Um, he said tongue in cheek. Um, so, uh, but isn't it interesting though? He's brought in for one test match, Lava Shane. Now he's going to be he's going to basically be exited by a guy who scored recent runs, i.e. Curtis Patterson. Like yeah. he, he probably he probably is a little bit unlucky. I mean, to be brought into the team in the first place was a little mm. bit silly, but like, <laughs> come on, boys! Yeah. It, was a li- it was a little bit silly, yeah. wasn't it? It not- may not happen. Yeah. Like, it may not be Labuschagne that misses out. He's one guy that you're reluctant to say will miss out because he just always he seems to be so close to the side anyway and yeah. gets in. So, well, he was brought into the group because he brings great energy to well, the so, group. And so that's yeah. a good role yeah. for him in yeah. and around. Like, I mean, maybe Australia, they're so fascinated with people who are good around the boys and in and around the group, they should literally just create that role. Just the jester. You know what I mean? Just a fucking just 13th a, man jester. And that ends like up becoming... Yeah. evil town. There's like a, there's a jester. Well, yeah. A, How many... Everyone plays a little role. Yeah. There are so many grade cricket teams that have this character mm-hmm. who makes the side yeah. for his unlikely mm-hmm. sex stories or, yes. or just his ability to be a, a great team man to compensate for the lack of skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe that's should just go all the way to the top of Australian cricket. There mm. should literally be like a carved out 13th man who's just oh. a really good team man. So, But they they don't have to actually play. They're Not just really. In the dressing no, rooms they can hold their own. They can turn it around. Yeah, you. they're That'd the be best just, at the, like, mm. the pre-match warm-ups. They're the best at the tea drill. You right. know, they do the covers, uh, okay. you know. They, they look worse than everyone else, which makes in turn makes everyone else feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but they're still very happy about it and don't have their ego shook by that at all. Mm. <laughs> I'm shook. Shook. <laughs> the uh, the the Caxi eleven game against Sri Lanka. 
uh, at Hobart there. Interesting team they picked. It was basically the Australian team in about five years' time. Burns, Rancher opening the batting. Was it mm. who batted three? Uh, Lubbershane mm. bat three. Patterson mm. four. Uh, Bukowski five. Mm. And then Jason Sanger, Sanger six. Mm. He'll, join us, he'll join us shortly. He will join us shortly. It was one shortly. of those great games where you're just watching it in real time on social, mm. wondering who's hitting runs. It was a real uh, shootout, mm. a good old-fashioned batting shootout, mm. even though they said, as we mentioned earlier, that it wasn't mm. um, a match to be determined in terms of selection. It really was. Mm. And it was a good old-fashioned shootout, and I love mm. a shootout. If Curtis Patterson didn't get 100 in the second innings, I mean, he did, so this is kind mm. of redundant, but, like, would he have been picked? I don't know. Okay. Oh, you seem to be in ground on, you know, in touch with the selectors. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't know if he needed one in the second innings as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, is this is maybe off topic, but I noticed that Greg Chappell, um, there, was a, there was a media announcement the other day. I got a media alert. Mm. Um, he's, be, he's just picked up a plum uh, role as uh, chairman of Expatland Global Network. Um, okay. I thought he had a full-time selection job, didn't Expatland Global Network, is that, does that have anything to do with cricket? Is no, that a cricket thing? No, but it's there just was like a, a CA it's media just a nice, alert. You know, he's, he's going to sit on a board and get paid a six-figure salary to, for doing something. But Cricket Australia issued a media alert. No, to, no, no. It was oh. just like a you know something you get on your on your Google alerts. Mm-hmm. Um, I was tipped off on it, but mm-hmm. I, I thought that he had a full-time. Well, that's a job as select for selecting cricketers. But you could probably do that job whilst watching a Shield game. You know, probably a bit of a digital nomad. You know, he just takes his laptop to the games, has one eye on the cricket. Yeah. And, the and one eye on global markets. Yeah. <laughs> you might be onto something there, Dave. You, know, you might have picked up a media alert in your sports business mm. uh, it was field. A tip off. I can't remember. It's a tip source, off, pardon me. It's, I just find it interesting. Mm. I mean, I'm all for, you know, flexible workplaces, mm. but we're talking about one of the heads of the, the national selection. He should just panel. be doing that job. Especially this time It does time seem like a specialised job to me. Yeah. Mm. Well, should we go on to the BBL just before we get into uh, Jason Sanger, then Adam Zampa? Let's do WBBL Sorry, first. That's, sorry yeah. I meant WBBL, yeah. yeah. Those two semifinals at Dremoyne Oval there mm. on the weekend, unbelievable yeah. finishes. Pez, you, I presume you watched both of them. Why? Why do I presume that? Yeah, I don't know why for a second I felt like chastened by that um, suggestion. <laughs> I didn't watch all of them, but I did. I watched a lot of the first game. Fucking cricket Nuffy, you watched yeah. all of them. Yeah, 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 <laughs> sorry. Ball. I forget I'm to be ashamed about watching cricket. <laughs> Somebody who makes money out of cricket. Um, Mark Wall's doing I forget right. about that. Yeah, that's right. That's not the way to do it. Uh, yeah, they were great. They were great games. Uh, the first one, like, I literally... Upon the final ball, as that catch was taken on the boundary, I, I like roared. Um, we, I roared involuntarily mm. and, and frightened my child, <laughs> who was downstairs. Many of you can will you, have heard him before. The type of roar. Uh, okay. okay. Um, so my <laughs> wife's upstairs. Just um, I don't know what she's doing. My son, who's eight months old, is on the floor crawling around, playing with some toys or whatnot. I gave him a plastic golf club for Christmas and a little ball, and he's swiping at it, which That's I'm good. really happy about. Uh, that aside, the the I, I can't remember the name of the bowler actually, but comes in the Thunder um, batter heaves it to leg, mm. looks like she's got every fucking piece mm. of it. Did look good. And it is mm. taken like it's gone flat, mm. you know, and it's taken on the boundary yeah. with the little commando roll afterwards. And I've just gone like, oh, 
stunted because you obviously were aware halfway through the roar that you were roaring. Yeah, that's right. So it's like a goal at 4 a.m. when you're watching Premier League and everyone's asleep in the house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, wife runs downstairs wondering what's going on and Mm. I show her and she's like, well, that's more exciting than any other men's creek that I've seen. (laughs) And um, she's right. And yeah, uh, that was that was my experience of it. What was your guys' experience of that catch? Same, very similar. Uh, it just like thought, well, that's that's a she's just hit a six to win a game of cricket. Yeah. And that's everyone's. That's literally every batsman's mm, dream. Yeah. Um, you know, Mike, Michael Bevan's four at the SCG on you know, on New Year's Day against the West Indies against yeah. Carl Hooper. Sure, great great yeah. thing. Imagine like slogs. There's been like a hundred last ball finishes since then, but that's always the go to. That's always the go to because it's just exciting. Yeah. But then like to hit a six, like to slog sweep a six to win a game, that's yeah. your dream. But then it was just plucked out of the air. Also, an amazing grab. Like yeah, in a, in, it was carrying in a week where Glenn Maxwell dropped an absolute dolly, you know, off Dhoni, mm. uh, you know, just amazing skills. But then, like, it was probably topped because mm. I'm, like, well, I've got a theory. There was Nicole Carey who hit that shot, and right? Wasn't she blowing up afterwards as well? Did you see it? Deluxe. The reaction. Oh, blow ups deluxe. Mm. It's part of the reason why batting's so cruel because you just like smoke a ball and someone takes an amazing catch or get a bad decision, and then just ruins your weekend. That's I mean, yeah. that's ruined her weekend. But then she'd mm. walk back to the sheds and people were like, "Oh, bad luck." Yeah, yeah, that was that was going Chris hit it in front of square. You can always take something away in front of square. Why don't you hit it in front of square? Well, she can go back. and oh, I didn't quite get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, it's a big yeah. Anyway, and then the second one. Yeah, the second I was one's... in Coles at that time and I watched it uh, on a rival network on my phone and. Um, uh, the thing I want to point out about this, there's so many things to pick up out of this. Firstly, that you're uh, in Coles watching I'm in the Coles WWE shopping on your phone. Support Co- local business industry. Correct. And um, firstly, like, yeah, so we're talking Renegades versus Sixers. Mm. Elise Perry's delivering the last ball. They're like, oh, well, Pez will get us over the line here. You know, mm. as Elisa Healy says, it's just the Elise Perry show. Mm. Uh, and gets creamed behind Square. Yeah. And um, the the diving save it's, for starters is unbelievable yeah. and hasn't had enough credit. Yeah, I like agree. the, the airtime to even yeah. get there. Yeah, her mate is supporting her. No mm. one picks that up as well. Like, it's mm. actually come to converge in on the ball. It's professional turn and throw, mm. unbelievable throw. At this point in time, the camera pans back to Elisa Healy to like the pitch, and um, uh, and Elise Perry's she's like already di- like disconsolate. She's gone. Mm. You know what I mean? And she hasn't been sledged for that. She should be, mm-hmm. rightly so. Yep, we're doing Lisa Her- Healy fucking turns no sight of the stumps. Mm. And just to watch the ball arc toward the stumps. Yeah. And the best bit about it for me, which is like the great sign of a really good sporting moment, is as the ball hits the stumps, such is the like sudden roar of the ground, the camera shakes. Do you know that camera <laughs> yeah, shake when it's like a gold effect? Yeah. at 4 a.m.? Yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah, exactly. The camera shakes and like Elise Perry still, like as the ball hits the stumps, I don't think she realises that they're still in the game. Mm. Um, and you could tell that because when she, like, you know, as she always does, ends up like winning the game or icing the game herself, she's still <laughs> yeah. fucking furious at herself. Like you can tell watching her, she's like, I can't believe I nearly lost that fucking game. Mm. Um, so mm. yeah, oh, oh, it was fantastic. Couldn't believe it. I didn't let off the same roar uh, in Coles, just but in um, that was just section. a social graces thing. <laughs> in front of the perishables. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. I uh, I thought that was like probably the best moment of cricket we've seen this summer. Like the yeah. the collective skills of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just incredible. What just a sequence to to have three three to win the last ball, just slicing one back with a point. Uh, yeah, the dive to save it, incredible. The professionalism to actually have two people around the ball, that would never that, happen. That throw by Healy, unsighted, yeah. just turned it around, just pinging. Mm. Oh. Mm. 
I like it how like the commentators. So you said pinging. I started thinking about. Sorry, I just said I'm pinging. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the commentators seem to um, celebrate Elise Perry being at the stumps when Alyssa Healy. Like yeah. even like she's she's so good that just like you're celebrating her standing next to the stumps. Yeah, it's like oh, it's great awareness to be next to the stumps. No, she was just <laughs> that's just where no, she no, finished. That's where she finished. Yeah, yeah. she, she yeah. thought she'd lost the game, and then she got into a super and she just hit a six. And then yeah, it was game over. So she is the hero. Mm. Um, all right, well that's the highlight of the cricketing summer. It's not going to get any better mm. than that. So we should just stop now. Uh, BBL or, or well, what the I mean, what no. is there to talk about the BBL? Yeah. I mean, trudges the on, isn't it? Trudges on. I just want to say one thing about the BBL because I've kind of like defended the fact that you're not meant to give a shit about what's going on. With it, one thing I will mm. say, like one problem that the BBL's got this season, I don't know if it's specific to this season, but it's like, and I know this, like, because I'm writing some match reports for Crick Info, like, I've done about 10 of them, and I feel like I've been able to write the report about who's won about three overs into the second innings. Like, it's actually starved of close games, the yep. BBL, yep. Uh, for whatever reason. Like, I don't know why, but if you seem to win the first innings mm. in these BBL matches, you tend to go on and win the match. Like, there's very few comebacks or, like, oh, there's very few people are reversing whatever trend is happening in the yep. match. Once a team gets behind, yep. no one's overcoming it. There's a few exceptions, like the yep. Hurricanes did it against the Scorchers Yeah, that was recently. a good game. That's, that was, that's yeah. been one of the only good games but in I think, this entire... I think that's one of the reasons why people are struggling with it as well, because like, no one's waking up in the morning going, gee, that what a great close nail-biting finish. There's no there's no nail-biters. No, no, yeah, well, yeah okay, yeah. Why? Well, I mean, the, the games that I went to, um, the Sixers were, like, four for 20. Yeah. In the first inning, so it's like, okay, well, this yeah. game is already over. Yeah. I, it's I switched set, off it's, immediately. It's 20 yeah. past seven. Yeah. There's, it's 10 minutes into this game, and it's over. And, and this was a thing that – this was a criticism of T20 cricket when it first came in uh, to the consciousness. Like, people were – one of the criticisms was, like, well, once someone gets ahead, no one really comes back. But, like, the skills around the world have developed, like with your donies and whatnot, to mm. be able to, like, edge your team back into the match through mm-hmm. just some, you know – Clinical play, a bit of busy running or whatnot, or some defensive bowling. Yeah, but cricket. not in Australia. At the, like, in Australia at the moment, like this season especially, it just seems like teams are lacking the kind of nous to mm. get themselves back into a match. That's interesting, Pez, because I was thinking like, so George Bailey's done really well, and yes. he basically anchored that that yep. um, that chase where he got, I think he got sixty nine or seven. The Hurricanes are the best team by um, a long way, and George Bailey helped the Hurricanes chase down the Scorchers like 180 or something like that. Right. And um, I was just like, he's, he, but he, won't, he won't get picked. You know, yeah. if he was batting five in the Australian side, he yeah. won't get picked because we're, like we're like a guy. We're like all of our batsmen to be able to hit like 120-meter bombs. Mm. Sure, they hit two of them and then get out. Yeah. But, oh, that'll mm. be good bombs, I tell you what. Mm. <laughs> and we like our batsmen to bat with their shoulders facing the umpire. Yeah. <laughs> Anything weird. Anything yeah. weird. And the other thing is that the Brisbane Heat are the biggest myth in Australian sport. In Australian sport? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got the Bash Brothers. Mm. I'll do it once for oh, you. Yeah. The big Bash Boys. Yeah. <laughs> Say that. I agree. But then I was looking at the stats and Chris Lynn's actually got over 300 runs in this big bash. So he's up there. But there's been but like 60 games. I know, I know. Yeah. I, there is, I think. Yeah. And the way he's mythologized, it just yes. it bothers me. Come yes. on the show, Chris, please. Yeah. But he, like, he's, it's, I just feel like it's a bit lazy. I can't a little bit it. just like, oh, how good's Linny? You know, yeah. it's like, oh. When he hits it, mate. Yeah, when he hits it, stays, it stays hit. hit, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, okay. That is true. It does stay hit. It does stay yeah. hit. After he hits him. I agree. I think he is one of the most overhyped batsmen that I can recall. But yeah. saying that, he's, he has actually collected a large amount of runs, so I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. But, yeah, he's a bit one in five. You're right. Yeah. One in five. All right. Adam Zampa coming up. But before then, Jason Sanger. Ever looked for a new club online? Have things ever gotten so grim that you'd consider moving interstate or even overseas just to continue your fledgling amateur career in a slightly higher grade? 
Bravago compares prospective clubs from various competitions. Grade cricket, shire stuff, even yuck park cricket, where the home ground has a tree on the field. Over 10,000 different clubs across the world, ranked according to criteria such as professionalism, pitches and tea spreads. Instead of searching for hours, Bravago makes it easy for you to find the perfect club in minutes. Just go to our website, type in where you want to go, when you want to go, and press search. It's that simple. We don't care why you want to go, how old you are, what you averaged last season, or whatever else you're running away from. We just want to help you get there. Best of all, Bravago even allows you to search based on how shit the blokes are. Filter according to Spirit of Cricket rankings in order to find the club with the least amount of self-respect and therefore the best cultural fit. With just a couple of extra clicks, you can get a real insider's look at your potential new club. Will a good-looking 30 get you instantly promoted up a grade? Was their club song penned by alcoholics? Is their major sponsor an Asian massage parlour? How many used syringes are typically found in the grandstand on a Saturday morning? Has the club president previously been indicted for tax evasion? And so much more. And that's how you can be sure you find your ideal club in time for the new season. New club? Bravago. Boys, we love a prodigy. Which is, which is probably an unfair thing to hang on this guy, but um, you know that's what we're here to do. He's an Australian under-19s captain, New South Wales cricketing starlet. You know, many are saying he's the saviour of Australian cricket. Uh, <laughs> it's the saviour that we're yearning for, which is again unfair to say to him while he's on the other line. Uh, so we thought we'd bring him onto the show, Jason Sanger. Welcome to the Great Cricketer. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, more than welcome. Thanks for coming on. Um, Mate, look, we always, we always want to start asking about grade cricket, uh, and it's a tough one with you because you just have been in all the underage sides. You're the captain of everything. Everyone says you're the next big thing. I mean, do you even play grade cricket? Do you even do you even bother <laughs> no, with it? it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I love I love my grade cricket. Um, yeah, it all started with me um, up in Newcastle uh, for Wards and District Cricket Club, and um, yeah, gee, that was that was so much fun. I think all the guys got around me when I was a young kid, like I was a 12, 13-year-old kid trying to crack into great cricket. And yeah, I think a lot of the guys made jokes with me as well, but man, they were they were awesome. They were some of the most caring guys. And you know, it's like having a little 13-year-old running around great training to be sometimes pretty annoying. So yeah, I think, I think they, they sort of took me under their wing really well. So that was awesome from them. So I actually loved them a lot. And then, um, yeah, obviously with the uh, Ramming Patient Cricket Club in Sydney now and yeah, the club's done so much for me, so I've been so thankful that I've been, uh, you know, with two really good great clubs. Just to quickly go back to the Newcastle uh, debut, Jason, at the age of 13, you mentioned that the, the lads were able to get around you. Can you kind of elaborate on what it's like to have a group of men kind of get around a young 13-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> oh, i tell you what, it was, um, yeah, i tell you what, I, I was... I think I still am, but I was one of the strangest kids growing up, especially when I was like 12 or 13, so I was so annoying. I think I was the typical 12, 13-year-old. I actually remember my first ever um, first-grade debut. I just turned 13, and um, yeah, I because like 13-year-olds, like 12, you, know, you, you play career and you rock up the junior career in your wife. That's pretty how it works. So, um, yeah, I remember... I remember getting off the, getting, you know, mum dropped me off at the ground, um, mm. you know, getting my kit bag. I was in my full wife, and I just dragged my kid straight. And luckily, the opposition, the opposition didn't see me, but I went straight into the change room, and I was just like, oh, morning, guys. And everyone just sent me in, and I went, oh, my God. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so that was, um, 
Yeah, that was one of my earliest memories of Greg Kidd. So I'll tell you what, that was uh, from that day. Um, I'm surprised I didn't get. I'm surprised the, the, the guys were tolerated me. So yeah, can't thank them enough. But yeah, rock up to your wife in your first game, first grade. That's. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Mm. Well, you're probably already better than them, so that's that probably got away mm. with it. But um, I want to ask you, uh, Jason, about uh, obviously you're 19, so you're still eligible for PGs, which is the under 21 competition in Sydney. <laughs> how much PGs are you actually playing? Are you going from like the Caxi to the under 21 stuff, or how much how much PGs are you playing at the moment? <laughs> yeah, look, I try and play as much as I can. Um, which I is think never. I play one game this year. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I try. Like the guys. The guys that ran with are awesome, and they're such a funny bunch of lads to play with. So, I mean, I'm always trying to play PGs when I can. But, um, mm. yeah, I've only played the one game this year, which has been a bit unfortunate. But, um, mm. oh, it's cool fun. Like, it's literally like, I don't know, it's, it's such a, the, the guys get, um, yeah, we just have so much fun when we're playing. And, mm. a, you know, obviously love playing, our, uh, love having fun at the end of, um, <laughs> at the end of those games as well. And, yeah, they're, they're just such a good fun to play PGs. But, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, great group of guys. So when I am available, yeah, I try and play mm. as much as I can. Jason, I just want to continue this theme of you being a young prodigy playing with men. You strike me as a very well-mannered young man. Like, can you remember, aside from turning up in whites, like, can you remember <laughs> perhaps the most, like, chastening thing that happened to you as a youngster playing with men? Like, did, did you see things in the dressing room that you um, don't want to remember <laughs> but you could tell the rest of us about? Like, I mean, what, what, what was the strangest or most, like, what was the biggest learning experience in the dressing sheds playing with, um, with men? Oh, well, I learned very quickly that you don't rock up when you're white. As soon as my captain's just like, here's he, he, my training shirt, and he just wore something else. And I was like, all right, sweet. So, um, yeah, I actually walked up past my wife. But, um, but it was, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, a 13-year-old kid, you don't really get exposed to, you know, the men changing room. Uh, he's quite young, yeah. yeah. 13, he's quite yeah, young. So quite young. Was, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. First grade. Yeah. Mm. Going, oh, 100%. I'm going from junior cricket where it's like, you rock up, you know, and you, your mum, you, you're, or I used to stay with my mum before I got to bat in, in junior cricket. And this is like, I'm with like 11 other men who are like half naked in the dressing room. Like, <laughs> yeah, only half. Wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Well, the other, other half were, were being polite, so I didn't get a mm. <laughs> Yeah, it was one of the, yeah, it was, um, it was pretty funny. Like, the guys at Wall's End were awesome. Like, they were, um, as I said, being a little 13-year-old kid just running around, like, hasn't hit puberty yet, and just, like, the most annoying voice. <laughs> mm. I was... I, they, they, told me, they tolerated me pretty well. Um, mm. But, yeah, I think uh, in terms of the learning experiences, I think um, I think the best thing they wore than ever did for me was put me at, in at first grade at such a young age because I suddenly learned straight away what great cricket is and, and what, what, what men's cricket is as well. And, um, the, and I think it developed that sort of that early mental toughness that I had to go out and play against men and almost like conquer that fear of, you know, um, you know, being a 13-year-old kid, like, like I, was, I was exposed to short ball pretty early. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like, I think I learned, I learned from playing with little, with little 142 two-piece balls to four-piece balls with using blokes using their, their two short balls and over. So it was, um, yeah, a massive, a massive um, jump, but at the same time, like, I'm very thankful that I actually got an opportunity, so I could, you know, when I got old, when I get a little bit, when I, so when I got a little bit older in my career, I sort of had like that sort of mental toughness and that first bit of um, really good bowling under my belt already. Mm. That's good that you say you were introduced to the short boy early. I actually went to a, 
a private school. I only played grade cricket when I left school, so I actually didn't face a short ball until I was 19. It's <laughs> <laughs> really confronting. It's a ruling. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. And that's probably why you didn't go on. Probably. Like, yeah. yeah, that's the one reason. Uh, Jason, you know, there seems to be so many spots up for grabs in the Australian side, and particularly with Smith and Warner suspended you know everyone is looking around the country for uh, the next big thing and you know there's nothing australia likes better than a young wunderkind you know on which to um pin our hopes and dreams and many um many people in that context have been talking about you i mean kerry o'keefe described you as the best since ponting is that kind of um praise helpful or is it a hindrance um yeah it's uh well as i said i've said it before um there is a lot of there's a lot of worse things that could be said. Um, True. I mean, having my having my last name saying I've heard plenty of bad ones. Don't worry. Right. But, um, <laughs> yeah, there, um, there is some worse things that could be said. But I think it's uh, I think it's praise, and I think um, I think early in my career when I was about 16, 17, I just sort of got on the scene into age group cricket um, and under underage carnivals. I think I probably I probably put too much pressure myself to. I got you know a rookie at, at uh, sixteen or, yeah sixteen years old. I got my first rookie, so I think straight away I was really I saw myself under a lot of pressure, and um, it was almost just adding myself and uh, put, uh, putting added pressure into myself about you know going out and you know trying a hundred every game I play, and um, you know try and be like this type of person now because you know I'm a contracted player. I've got to be a bit more responsible. I've got to be doing. I just put so much random other stuff into my head. Um, because I had a, a rookie contract, and I think it took me about two years to actually get over that, like all the sort of hype and, and, and the praise. Because I think I just use it, I use it as just out of pressure. So, mm. but I think nowadays I'm actually, you know, I, I've learnt the hard way about, you know, you know, taking the good with the bad, and also just, I think, yeah, just I think it, it's nice when people are saying good things, but at the end of the day, I think actions always speak louder than words. So. For me, it's about um, you know going out and making sure I, I firstly do the job for the team, but I also you know I'm scoring runs for the team or trying to take wickets if I do bowl my dusty leg spin. But mm-hmm. I think um, I, I think yeah, I, I think it's the most important thing for me now is to worry about. Yes, it's nice people are saying a lot of good things about me, um, but if I if I'm not putting runs on the board and, and I'm not backing it up, then you know there's no point those conversations being ha- um, mm-hmm. being held. So for me, it's just making sure that if I go out there, I'll do my best for my do my best for the team, score as many runs as I can, and I, I, I think the rest will take care of itself. If I if I worry just about you know trying to please other people or you know buying to so much what people are trying to say about me, which I did early in my career, then yeah, I can go down I can go down, I can go down that path again of um you know, really putting a lot of pressure on myself and and almost you know not enjoying the game. At the moment, you're playing obviously for the Thunder. You're playing with guys like you know Joe Root, Josh Butler, Shane Watson, etc. Um, I mean, what's that like? And is is there a guy in there at the moment that you sort of go to for advice? Are you talking to Joe Root, or you know, is, is he good for? You know, he must see you as well. That's someone that he might you know come up against in the international series one day down the line. Or do you sort of go to more like a, a Shane Watson, who's obviously played so much international cricket? Like, what's 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 that like playing with those guys? Oh, it's been awesome. I think the, I was so lucky that I. Um I was, you know, being just to be able to share, share the same dressing room as um, Josh Butler and Joe Root, that was awesome. I think, mm. you know, those two guys have so much experience, and someone like Joe, who I looked up to for a long, a long period of time. You know, to be able to share the dressing room with him was awesome. And mm. yeah, I absolutely just keep the pain. Um, 
you know, asking so many about so many questions about batting and um, just cricket in general, and you know, sort of how to deal with all the sort of external stuff as well. And and he was awesome and helped me. So yeah, I was always going to him for advice early. Mm. Um, but I think the best thing um, about the funding group we have, we, we're a really tight group. So I've always asked questions to a lot of other guys as well. Chris Green's been really good, sort yeah. of talking about bowling and and from a bowling perspective, um, um, for me to be a batsman and um, yeah. obviously yeah, Water and Palm Ferguson and all these guys that have played you know domestic and international cricket for a, a long period of time. They've um, they've all you know given me bits of gold that I can you know, I can't thank them enough for. Mm. Mate, um, do you ever? Get, I mean, given a great start to the Shield season, you've obviously registered a ton, you know, and and, and people in Australian cricket love love nothing more than a ton from a young player. Uh, like, have you? Do you ever receive any kind of messages from the selectors or people closer to the side saying, "Sort of keep going. We're watching you." You know that that there might be higher honours around if you keep going. Um, I think it's, I think everyone sort of gets messages from you know high people saying congratulations, but I, I'm not sure. Yeah, in terms of, um, I don't think you really know how close you are until you actually get there. So for me, I think um, yeah, I've never really received in terms of how close I am to playing at the highest level. But for me, right now, my focus has just been playing for the Thunder and then trying to win the Shield season for the Blues. And, and, if, and if, I, if I worry about those two things, then I'm obviously going to try and worry about scoring runs for my team. And, you know, scoring, scoring runs for the team is obviously going to take my name to high honours eventually one day. So, But, yeah, as I said, like, the most important thing I can do right now is worry about um, playing for whichever team I'm in and trying to do the best I can in that, in that environment. And if I can keep doing that, I can keep putting my, my runs on the board. Yeah, I think the rest of it take care of itself. So, well, Jason, that's not as fun as if you just said, "Yeah, Greg Chapel texts me all the time." Um, <laughs> but you're obviously smarter than that, even if you did. So, let's move on to the throwdowns component um, and see if we can get something uh, out of you there. So, these are all silly questions, and I apologise in advance. Um, this is a lo- I've got a long question here, Jason. So, just bear with me. Um, but I'm keen yeah. on your answer. So, um, as you would know, but possibly not the listeners, there's a little-known YouTube clip where you appear in a one-on-one conversation with actor, model and Ms. India Australia Goodwill Ambassador 2018, Saroni Roy. It's literally called Off Screen with Saroni Roy. Um, so, so for oh, listener... Okay. Yeah, okay, good. I uh, like uh, re- response. But um, for, for listener background, she is host. And she asks you a series of get-to-know-you questions like what's your preferred superpower, your favourite three songs, and if you're a woman, who would you want to be? And you said Jennifer Aniston. The, the, this goes on for about Good 10 choice. minutes. But to my mind, it gradually becomes more and more flirtatious uh, to the point where you're directly asked about your relationship status, uh, your coy, <laughs> and to name three items of clothing you don't wear to bed. Um, and then you suggested you don't wear shorts to bed before clarifying that you wear undies. But Cerrone was happy to say, no, no, shorts is fine. Um, I'm just a leery 33-year-old. I just want to know, did Cerrone end up playing? Any shots um, at you after that? <laughs> oh, that is the funniest thing I've ever been asked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'll tell you what, that was, um, man, that was pretty strange. <laughs> I won't lie. But, um, yeah, I, was, I tried to do my best to um, yeah, not say anything that was too stupid, but I think you guys. Yeah, found a good bit of gold there, so mm. yeah, no comment really. <laughs> That's all right. I, I think you handled yourself well. I mean, the, yeah. the YouTube clip is up there. It's off screen with Sroni Roy, which is a funny name because it's on screen. But um, <laughs> yeah, I just feel like she just gra- she just gradually tried to seduce mm. you on yeah. screen. Um, yeah. So if you've got future captaincy kind of mm. ambitions, mm. Um, that might be something you want to look at. Mm. Um, but yeah. I actually think you handled yourself quite well in it. So. Yep. 
Anyway, that'll get a few more views now. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, that's exactly what I wasn't after that, getting a few more views after what I... Uh, Apologies. After that, exactly, because, mm. yeah, that is a complete, um, yeah, shameful act for me. So, no, you were good. Yeah, there's a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of interesting uh, answers like that. Mm. Uh, Jason, um, you obviously play at Randwick Petersham where Mike Whitney uh, is the club president. He's obviously a former test cricketer, of course, and who dares wins um, host among his many accomplishments. What's he like as a president? Is he a larger-than-life character or is he kind of a frugal gatekeeper to the new pills at grade training? What's he kind of like? Oh, Wicked legend, yeah. He's so funny. He's one of the most passionate... Um, I can... When people say he was extremely passionate when he played, I could definitely say that because he brings it back to when he's you know, club president. Um, yeah, he's been awesome. Like he, yeah, early in the season he was um, at a few great trainings, but he's obviously so busy these days. But um, yeah, he tries to come to our home games at Coogee and as, as much as he can. But yeah, he's been awesome. I, I love Wit. He's a, one of the funniest guys I've ever met, and yeah, he's got some absolute cracking stories about when he was playing Test cricket for Australia. So um, yeah, Wit's an absolute legend. We should try and get him on the podcast, so if you can have a word to him, that would be great. <laughs> Excellent. <clears throat> uh, yeah, he's good value with 100%. Uh, as Dave was saying there, Jason, uh, you play your cricket at Coogee Oval, uh, one of the most gorgeous, picturesque and verdant grounds in club cricket globally, where sea meets sand, British backpaper, uh, backpackers burn their fragile European skin upon the foreshore, house music is played with apartments overlooking the grounds, and a serviceable but excellent circuit life within walking distance from the ground, not excluding, of course, the infamous Coogee Pavilion. Uh, realestate.com.au states that the median house price in Coogee is $2.68 million, with, pre- with previous residents at varying times, uh, including Colin Minogue, Kate Blanchett, Jason Donovan and Mel Gibson. How shit is Spotless Stadium? <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, compared to Coogee, I don't know, eh? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the best thing about Coogee over was all the quicks want to go down to flying leg, where it's nice and safe. Good optics. Why did I choose leg spin? I've got no idea. But, um, <laughs> yeah. The pros and cons of being a spinner and a, and a pace all at the same time. <laughs> no, um, yeah, it was awesome and great. Uh, it's a 50-minute drive for me to drive up west. Um, yeah, so I was, I live around about near Coogee, so going out to Spotless is um, yeah. pretty good. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I'll tell you what, Coogee Oval one of the greatest places on earth. So, mm. And yeah, you pretty much nailed everything in the head then. So yeah, yeah great. All the beaches, the yeah. pavilion is uh, a nice place for some of the boys to go. So, yeah, <laughs> I love it. It's always good being able to pay $30 for parking just to go to play a game of cricket as well. Mm, yeah, it's always yeah, nice icing yeah. on the cat game. <laughs> and they get fined $50 for dropping a catch and saying yeah, something yeah. weird and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's me most weeks in Drake. You know, yeah. So, yeah, $80 done. Yeah. Um, Jason, as I said earlier, you're a well-mannered, well-presented young man with youthful exuberance, a wonderful smile with great teeth, and according to Kerry O'Keefe, the best since Ponting with the world at your feet. Not even Ponting was this nice at such a young age. I struggle to believe that an Australian cricket prodigy doesn't have skeletons, but that aside, what have you learned from playing club cricket with David Warner? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, these are great questions. Um, Yeah, look, uh, David's actually been really good. Um... He's been awesome uh, at great training and, and playing as well. And I think he's exactly what sort of our team needed, someone with a, a load of experience to come in and actually sort of help the guys and pass on information. So, yeah, he's been really good. Um, he's been awesome. He's, um, 
if, I don't want to switch him up too bad here, but he, um, yeah, every now and then comes a great training with a brand new Drupal and rolls his team up. So that's been pretty tough work. As well. <laughs> so I tell you what, that is, it's pretty funny. But um, yeah, he's he's actually he's getting them through all right. And he's um, every the games I played this year, he was putting ten up for a bowl and um, actually got a wicket bowl in his team up as well against uh, oh, there's a joke somewhere there about David Warner bringing in his yeah. own balls yeah. um, <laughs> to succeed at training. I'm not sure what it is, but I'm just going to leave it. Yeah. I'm not sure what the joke is. Yeah. It's sitting up it's there. there. It's, it's there. there. It's well, there. someone can write into us. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, uh, Jason, just uh, last one from us before we wrap it up here. But I uh, just want to know, is it obvious that we've got you on the show because we think you're going to play 130 tests for Australia and we want to be best friends with you from the beginning? Also, can I have some gloves? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, GM, my very great sponsor, GM, sent me some black gloves. And, um, yeah, I wore them against the Strikers game and didn't pick a wrong one from uh, was normal leggy from Rashid, so I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> There might be, there may or may not be a bit of superstition there, but you're more welcome to have them. <laughs> yeah. Yes, very free nice, kit. free kid. Yeah. Very, very good, Jason. Thanks for dealing uh, with that. I think you're probably you're probably the second youngest guy to ever come on our show and listen to yeah, Leary, um, 33 year olds discuss um, the the vagaries and the bad elements of grade cricket, and you're just a pure thoroughbred excellent player. So thank you for just coming on and, and dealing with that. Wishing you the best for the rest of the season. Oh, thanks for having me. That was awesome. You know, I love the great. You know, I mean, I mean, even in the book at the moment, actually. So keep up the good work. Yes, making me laugh so good, so much. So love it. Thanks for having me. Piece in the Fairfax papers over the weekend, boys discussing mm. the phenomenon of. We know the phenomenon where you, you know, people who are better looking or bigger or more presidential get better jobs, right? Yes. There's a term for this now. Rightfully so. Yep. And rightfully so. There's a term for this now. It's erotic capital. Yep. A lot of cricketers have erotic capital. A lot of cricketers don't. Big time. We all want erotic capital, and I would suggest that there are ways beyond simply having a good rig or um, being big, tall. Right. From a man's point of view, Mm. to get erotic capital. One of those ways I would suggest is to indulge in some budgie smuggler. Yeah, I'm kit. A cuck. You can <laughs> you can get it in kit. You can get it in kit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, like you're looking, you're looking, you guys like your Stoinis. Yeah, you know, Sean Marshall rebranded himself with erotic capital. Yes, he went from just looking good to having erotic capital. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if if you don't have those things, you don't have like the salad, the rig, yeah. the chest, right. the pipes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So um, erotic capital is it's not just how you look. It's more than that, isn't it? What's the way you carry yourself? It's the way you carry it's yourself. Like, yeah. yeah. It's people, fer- people want to be with you. Yeah, yeah. it's pheromones. It's it's right. Harvey Specter. It's the way you the way you engage yourself with other people. The way you hold yourself in crowds. Mm. People like to stand out from the crowds, and those kind of mm. people are budgie smuggler people. And I think the message from this piece was to for managers to forego or to recognise their own bias towards yeah. those with erotic capital. That's not yeah. our message here. Our message is embrace erotic capital, but understand mm. that you get it from budgie smuggler. That's one example. This is an yeah. Australian company. Everything's yeah. made and produced in Australia. Right. So you're supporting local business as the global storm clouds uh, hover over yep. our entire economy. Mm, yes, um, sexy local business. Exactly. Pez, uh, Budgie Smuggler yeah. got in touch with us and they have said that we have single-handedly saved their company Correct. by promoting their brand on the podcast. And I'd like to see what the people out there have done 
mm. with Budgie Smuggler, like our listeners, like yeah. how they've engaged in some custom wear maybe. Yeah. Custom smugglers. Um, you know, some retro kit. You know, that's that's obviously big in cricketing spheres right mm. now. Mm. I want to I want to see some engagement from the audience yes. out there. Using, you want some photos. That's what I want. You want them DM to us. Yeah. Mm. Um, off, off the public chain. Well, I and reckon, we might post them if we like them and talk about them. Maybe that's true. I reckon that actually... For an additional fee from Budgie Smuggler. Uh, I reckon our female audience are probably using Budgies as well. I mean, mm. our female audience... Smuglets. Smuglets, exactly. I reckon they're the kind of alpha, the alpha yeah. queens uh-huh. out there who are using budgies as well. I mean, they're obviously like blokes as well. Yeah. So to the alpha queens, to those wanting erotic capital, mm. look at Budgie Smuggler, custom swimwear, mm. any design put on it with a... Uh, using the discount code CHAMP. Yes. If you jump onto budgiesmuggler.com.au, uh, you can have free shipping yeah. uh, or some such. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. budgiesmuggler.com.au for erotic capital or alpha queens. Boys, this fella's enjoying a great career. He's represented Australia 54 times, according to Crick Info. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just passed 100 first-class wickets. Mm-hmm. He's got a best of six for 19 in the IPL. Uh, despite not playing in New South Wales for nearly a decade, the state will still claim him at any opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a regularly requested guest. It's Adam Zampa. Zamps, if I can call you that, welcome to The Great Cricketer. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Very, you're very welcome. You are a regularly requested guest. I think mm. it's because people view you on TV, Zamps, and again, I hope I can call you that, and, and I think they suspect, they see like, I wouldn't say like a rare unit, but like a spinner in the sense that, you know, yeah, like a, you have a few quirks mm. and stuff mm. like that. Would, would it be fair to characterise you that way? Um, I think most people would describe me as a little bit outside the box, yeah. Um, I'm not surprised to get bro, that I get requested to be fair, I haven't really given much to, to a lot of. I don't. I think it's my first ever podcast, so this could be interesting. Actually, I don't really know what the what the public's going to think about me after this. I don't. Really, I don't really talk that much. <laughs> this could be interesting. This actually. could be. Yeah, this could be anything. Yeah. That's that's, no, yeah, that, that, that's exciting. Well, well, let's start slowly. We'll start slowly, <laughs> slow yeah. and steady. Like we always start the same way. Um, it, it is the great cricketer after all. Uh, you're a product of the Sutherland Cricket Club, mm-hmm. as I understand that in Sydney, in this very Sydney centric show. Um, can you tell us about like what grade cricket means to you? Do you even still play? To be honest with you, I um, hate grade cricket. <laughs> Uh, Keep going. I hate it so much. Um, and I actually, my loyalty still do lie with, even though I haven't been there for about six years now. I check, I check the subtle and score more than I check my Adelaide, my Adelaide team score. You didn't even say the name I of actually, the club. Actually, sometimes if people ask me what club I play for, I just say I don't have one. Oh, I don't think we ever get like any of these interviews clipped up for sound bites, but I think that yeah. one will make it. I hate great <laughs> cricket. I hate it so much. <laughs> I, I, I hope no one in Adelaide listens to this, and particularly in my grade club. But I've been trying to, I've been trying to sign up. I've been trying to delay which club I sign for every year until I know which weekend I'm available, and then I'll just choose whoever has to buy. Mate, don't don't apologise here. I mean, it's it's really refreshing to hear yeah, someone yeah. talk earnestly. Mm. Uh, you know, someone who's played at the top about their experiences at grade 
level because it is a, it is a very very dark place sometimes I and mean, mm. i'm sure you haven't experienced the darkness but you mm. must have seen some blokes mm. running around that just should not be wasting their saturdays on this. <laughs> Seen, I've seen the dark side of great cricket, that's for sure. Yeah, and I've, the, the the excuse that I make up about trying to not play is that, you know, you get the guys that work nine to five that probably fielded last week, and then I I come in and they have to go back to second grade and field again. <laughs> I I try and I try and come across as sympathetic, although I'm not. <laughs> we're, we're do they, do they kind of look at you with you know trembling eyes, you know, hoping for some kind of validation? You just stare coldly past them, like looking over their shoulder, or what's oh, your kind of attitude? Oh, the, the coldest stare ever. <laughs> uh, I'm, I reckon I'm the hardest person in the world to read, particularly on a Saturday afternoon at Campbelltown Oval in in Adelaide. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's where I play great cricket. I can't remember. <laughs> Campbelltown in Adelaide. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can we? We were going to ask you like genuine questions about international cricket, but I think we'll stick with this. Mm. Um, that's unanimous. Like you talk about, like like what are the dark sides of grade cricket for a, a professional player? Like especially one now who like you kid around the IPL and you know World T20s and World Cups and stuff. Like what what's the what it, can you speak on behalf of the professional playing fraternity? What is it like to play grade cricket? Um, I, do you want my honest opinion? Yes. <laughs> Prefer, preferably. <laughs> I, I actually, as, as I said to you, like I, I, um, I grew up playing country cricket, so then when I stepped up to Sydney grade cricket, I really enjoyed it. And I, as I said to you earlier, like my loyalties. Yeah, I still check up some on cricket club for some reason. So um, I really enjoyed Sydney grade cricket. But now, you know, I've been playing a lot more cricket since I left New South Wales. I've been playing for Australia and a little bit more and and um, whatever. So I haven't really had the time. Um, but actually, I don't mind. It. It's only the dark side of the darkest side for me ever. Dark day you could say. Being grade cricket was the last time I played. I actually got one for a hundred, and this was. This was two days after I was complaining about not getting picked in chill cricket, so it wasn't a great look. <laughs> <laughs> did you um did you did you come up playing through like through all the grades, Adam, or have you just sort of like skip just bypass all of the all the shit down the bottom, you know, fives to twos, and just go straight into first grade? Like, what have you have you played every grade? Like, what's what's your what's your lower grade experience been? Um, no, I played so I played country cricket. Um, we were really pretty club up until I was about sixteen, mm-hmm. and then. I um, about the same time I started playing Australian 19, I went straight to East Cricket Club. I actually had a year at East Cricket Club when I was 17. Um, right. And then just for opportunities, I mean, I was still living at home back in down in Marilla, so um, I moved to Sutherland just for a bit of opportunity and also it was close to home. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, I um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't even think about. I, don't know, I guess I was pretty lucky that I was. Skipped all that other stuff and went straight to first grade. I probably should have started first grade, to be honest with you, but um, yeah, I went straight to first grade. Mm. That's worrying. That you, I mean, you haven't even seen the real darkness of grade cricket then. Like, at yeah, least yours yeah. is just first grade. Mm. Um, nevertheless, we appreciate your candour on that, Adam. I, I think we're just we're going to move straight into the throwdowns because I think that's where we're going to get the most value here. So mm. we're just going to ask you questions that are probably silly um, and apologies in advance. The first one I've got is actually um, wildly long, so apologies really to everybody, but I, I, I will get there. So, Adam, I, I was taken by a quote of yours 
um, where you say, I love animals, so I'm a vegan now, so I don't have any animal products in my diet. I rescue animals too. Any chance I get, I like to spend time with them. I'm very interested in farm animals. Firstly, I admire that, so congratulations. Um, and second, as you'd be aware, recent research by 20 influential food scientists published in the Lancet Medical Journal suggests that the global food system is unsustainable and driving the planet towards environmental destruction while simultaneously leaving billions of people either underfed or overweight. Um, it calls for a radical reduction in the consumption of meat and dairy in favour of plant-based alternatives. Um, the healthy, sustainable reference diet would involve a complete restructuring of the average person's diet. Beef and lamb consumption reduced by 90% to just 7 grams a day, roughly half a meatball. Um, on top of it being probably the most ethical thing to, you know, anyone can do in terms of their relationship to food and impact on the planet, as well as being able to copy both you and Peter Siddle, um, my question is, what advice would you give predominantly male cricketers looking to reconsider their meat consumption in the face of fears they'll be labelled a weak, plant-based cuck? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how it goes down in grade cricket, to be honest with you, on a Saturday. Some of the teas, some of the, some of the teas and lunches you're given, you might struggle, but um, I think the personal point of it is just the... Um, like, I don't know, the toughest thing that I found was just having, like, you were, I was always angry about it, and, and I was probably wouldn't argue my point um, as well as I probably could have, but now I'm probably a little bit more relaxed. You know, I've been vegan for three years, and I have more information about it than I ever had before. So, um, at the end of the day, I did it um, for the animals, and then eventually did it for my own health too. So, the more information you have, the more questions that people have, or um, anything like that, you, you can answer them probably a little bit better than, um, than I'm quite used to. Um, but, yeah, at the end of the day, like, I actually feel like you're more of a man for, for stepping up and doing what's right for the animals and doing what's right for um, the environment as well. So, it's um, that I'm proud of, and it's something easy, I find really easy to talk about now. I don't try to push it down anyone's throat, but just going to have the information, pretty much. Hear, hear. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Very, uh, I hope that wasn't too long. No, no, no. no, no. I think I was long. It was, it was nice and earnest. I'm, I'm, so, I'm cutting down, genuinely. Yeah. We'll, we'll cut it out because it was a very earnest response. Um, <laughs> Adam, we've got, uh, I've got another one here for you. So you've played 54 white ball matches for your country, taking 64 wickets while also representing New South Wales and South Australia at both Shield and domestic one-day level. In this time, you've built a reputation as the country's premier short-form wrist spinner and the go-to leggy for various T20 franchises globally. Can you please tell me how you managed to superimpose Kane Richardson's face onto a dog in your recent Instagram story? <laughs> which, which, which most recent one? It was one with Kane Richardson, and you, you managed to put um, his face onto a dog in an Instagram story. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. I put, I put so much crap on there. You should see my last one. Put up about 10 minutes ago. I don't know where it came from, but it's come straight out of my ass. Do you have any kind of burner social media accounts so you can just, you know, say what you really want to think? I mean, you've got, obviously, the ones with the blue tick, but you ever thought about creating a burner account and just saying what you really think? No, I've just been trying so hard to get rid of the blue tick for so long now. Tough, I don't want it. No. I don't want it. Uh, right, give why, it to us if you That's why everyone thinks I'm such a rare unit. I actually sometimes don't even know what I'm posting on social media. <laughs> just black out. So, Amazing, yeah. <laughs> If I, don't, if I don't understand it, then how is everyone else meant to? That's a good mm. point. Um, Adam, uh, legendary Australian captain Steve Waugh often spoke about the pride in playing for the shirt and how the legacy of the baggy green Matty's players go through brick walls. Such was the weight of responsibility of representing not only the country, but its principles. Do you feel that same weight of history when you're playing for the Jamaican <laughs> Taliwaz, Guyana Amazon Warriors or rising Pune Supergiants? Uh, 
Um, look, like people say that playing CPL is about the check, but like when I once I got to Guyana and saw how bad it was <laughs> and how disgusting it was as a place, um, that check became more and more important to me. So the quicker I could get it, the quicker I could get out of there. <laughs> how good's the cricket? Oh, so good. <laughs> It's a great game. You say it's not about the check, but that's actually because they pay you in cash over no. there. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I had, I, had, I had to buy some shoes just to fit some, some notes in there. Um, Forward <laughs> tax on the way out of the airport. It's good. Adam, um, you once cited Shane Warne's Hasselhoff theory, named after the Baywatch actor, as an early influence on your career. Now, according to the theory, if you're not bowling well or you're a little down on confidence out in the field, the solution is merely to stick your chest out. Now, just digging a little deeper into the theorem, did Warren have any specifics on how far you need to stick your chest out or for how long? Is this theory transferable outside of cricket, i.e., can I try this at work during an important PowerPoint presentation? Or is this something that requires additional bench press sessions? Can you just run me through the Hasselhoff theory um, as run down by Shane Warren? Hey. He mentions at the time, he said the weather's important, so it's mm. cold right. and you're a little bit turned on, mm. then you don't you don't really have to stick your chest out so far because your nipples are already <laughs> very <laughs> extended. But if it's, if, it's, if it's warmer and a little bit hard to see, then he said it's really important to stick it out as far as you can. But um, I don't know, it's obviously a summer sport, so... He said the further you can stick it out, the better, but in, mm. in the cold English county cricket, he said he... But he wasn't too fussed about it because he felt like his chest was already at the, at the back when they're fastened in anyway. <laughs> they call him one of the greatest cricket minds, yeah. uh, Shane Warne, and, and that's yeah, yeah, testament. Yeah. I thought I felt like I thought like I already had that information in my head when he was telling me that anyway, but it was nice hearing it from him too. I mean, on that same note, Zamps, um, Stuart McGill was a wine connoisseur. Like. Uh, when I was we about to say, let's talk let's talk about McGill. Yeah, well, I, I sort of, I'm talking about the brotherhood, the brotherhood generally. Like, so, so McGill was a wine connoisseur. You know, when we all all we drank was VB and Forex. Greg Matthews bowled with a hat on and once mm. scooped up dog poo with a glass at drinks in a grade match. <laughs> mm-hmm. Warney's Warney, obviously, and you've been known to circuit with nothing but pants, shoes, clear rimmed glasses, and a blazer buttoned over a bare chest. Mm. Um, like, as a spinner yeah. myself, I just want to ask, like, why are spinners such rare blokes? Why are they they this mm. way? Mm. <laughs> I guess it's just the, the mental disintegration over time of bowling one over and getting smacked and then getting taken off and then maybe not playing the next game. Mm. Maybe the next game you, you test a few different theories like drinking red, putting red wine in your drink bottle instead of water. Um, mm. I don't, I don't, I can't really put my finger on it, but it's pretty tough being the, the lonely rare unit in every team. So you've got to try and figure out a way to get through the day. Mm. I'm, I've heard some pretty good stories about McGillar, so... Well, I was going to follow up with that. Like you just mentioned McGillar earlier. You obviously characterised Warney as, as someone who made theories based on whether their nipples were hard or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what? how would you characterise McGillar in, in that sense? Like, what was his brand of rare unitism? Um, uh, I've had a little bit to do with him, and I don't know what end of the spectrum... <laughs> I don't know how far the spectrum goes. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't, he's on I, it, yeah. Is he on the extreme end I, of the Spinner's Brotherhood rare unit spectrum? Like, mm-hmm. if, you've got, if you're trying to plot kind of Matthews, Zampa, Warren, oh, McGill, where's, I uh, who's, got, who's at there? I think you've got Zampa, probably mid-range, and then 
you got McGillar. So there's probably a few. There's like Michael Beer in between that. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. Um, uh, and then you've got McGillar towards the end of the spectrum, the extreme end, and then probably Greg Matthews. Mm-hmm. Off the charts. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, he's off the charts, yeah. yeah. Adam, okay. uh, during this Australian Open uh, right now, we've seen Vogue editor and style icon Anna Wintour sitting with a Fedra camp, a nod to the Swiss most maestro's style both on and off the court. Given you were pictured wearing blackout vans with the retro ODI kit a week or so ago, which fashionista would you invite to your private box of the MCG for a Stars game? Tony Hawk, Kevin Federline, or Corey Worthington? <laughs> Federline. <laughs> uh, probably... Probably more my my era would be Corey Worthington. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he gets a gunsy. Funny, yeah. just the the sunglasses and the the hair and the like the just his confidence in front of the camera too. Yeah, something I really admire and respect. Yeah, yeah. Amen. <laughs> uh, Amen. Adam, undoubtedly the wildest conversation we've had uh, on the show um, and we appreciate it greatly we're about to go and have a beer and no doubt toast to the conversation we've greatly greatly <laughs> oh, enjoyed it uh, this is being recorded record? this is recording yeah oh was it yeah oh yeah. shit um, yeah <laughs> just let us know afterwards if you want anything pulled from it or anything but our or if you want ed- a job reference <laughs> our, right, I can our, give you a job reference our editor guy just had a baby he hasn't got his time so um, yeah. <laughs> yeah but mate what a great chat Are we genuinely Genuinely wish you all the best for the rest of the season, and I'm sure you've um, garnered a great number of fans following this chat. Not scared. Thanks very much. I appreciate that, and I'll be doing as much as I can to get to the extreme end of that spectrum too. So, <laughs> uh, if I if I have anything else, I'll just voicemail it to you, and you can and you can chop it in. Lovely. <laughs> Will do. You can see Adam Samper playing for the Stars, Australia, the World Cup, IPL, and all of those um, white ball games where there's mm. heaps of money. Mm. All good bookstores. Mm. Brisbane, we're going to be in you on Wednesday evening performing live at the Pez. Queensland Multicultural Centre, Ian. Queensland Multicultural Centre, where all great live comedy acts perform when you go mm. to Brisbane. That's where you got to go. Some say the powerhouse, where mm. you say no, no, no. Three white blokes at the Multicultural Centre <laughs> in Brisbane. Mm. <laughs> um, Celebrating monoculture. We have... Satirising <laughs> the Australian cricket monoculture. Lads, mm. the show's almost sold out. Yeah, um, which uh, which is awesome. Um, and then Canberra the following Friday. Tickets are available. You know where to get them. Easiest place. I don't know if you if you're looking on your phone right now. Go, Instagram. Go to our bio. The ticket link is there. Go to Facebook. There's a ticket link there. Twitter. Ticket link there. You know how the internet works. We really want you to come. By the way. Trent Copeland's obviously coming. Mm-hmm. Well, he's a colleague at Channel okay. 7. So we thought, well, we need to get a local guest to really get people mm-hmm. over the line if you want to come to the Queensland Multicultural Centre. So who do we get? Who do we get, guys? Well, someone who's been around, knows a bit, is, yep. a, is a colourful identity, mm. uh, has achieved a fair bit in the game. Yes. Good mates with Warney. Yes. Mm. John Buchanan. We got the Australian, the greatest Australian cricket coach of all time, mm. John Buchanan. And because he was coached during our formative years, it's fair to call him Australia's cricket coach. Yeah, he's just he's Australia's cricket coach. Yeah. It's like Alan Border as captain. He's just the grandfather of, you know, like the god daddy <laughs> yeah, so of Australian got, cricket. We got John God Daddy Buchanan to come to our live show with Trent Copeland as well already coming. So if that doesn't get you over the line, well, you're not going to come. 
Yeah, you're just not going to come. Yeah. I yeah. say also, I'm like, I'm really looking forward to going to Brisbane. It just, it just feel it's going to be hot. It's yeah. going to be a little mm. bit wild. You're going to wear R.M. Williams. R.M. Williams. Mm. De- going to go to Fridays. Definitely going to go to Caxton Street. Going to go to yeah. Normanby. Uh, we want a circuit afterwards. I want to yeah. go to the Story Bridge. Yeah. Take us to the where, place where people circuit in Brisbane. Yeah. Yeah. Come <laughs> to the show and then take us to the Seriously, circuit places. Take us to the circuit. Um, our VIPs, they've already paid their $60, but if you don't want to meet us after the show, then just pay 40 bucks. Take yeah. 40 and fuck off. It's fine. <laughs> we'll take 40. <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm really looking forward to a few beers afterwards. Anyway. Uh, that's good. So that's... I'm looking forward to Brisbane. Okay, so that's happening on Wednesday night, the night before the first test match. If you listen to it before, then come along. Just come along, get around us, get around. You know, we'll be good for the group. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you wouldn't be get good for our us, group. And we in turn will get around you. Up, okay. About around. That's what's going to happen in Brisbane. Then the following week, we're in Canberra, mm. uh, performing at ANU in Canberra on uh, Friday, mm. uh, uh, next Friday. So, But we'll plug that next week as well. Anyway, um, all right, okay, ask TGC. A couple of long ones here, lads, but let's whip through them because, you know, there's some big issues, but let's, let's deep dive these. Okay, Joey Will. Wilson comes in, he's, uh, he's writing in from England, he says, G'day fellas, I'm a 20-year-old has-been and I have an awful relationship with my dad watching my cricket matches. From 15 to 18, I banned him from watching my matches after he came uh, after me in the changing rooms, asking me why I got out stumped to a fat, balding fuck on a shit wicket. This is just how it starts, lads, this one's quite dark. Um, I invited him to come down and watch me play in my final junior age group match this summer, thinking I could cash in being at the maximum age able to play and wanting to smash it past the 14-year-old fielders who are little brothers of older guys wearing black trainers and, and whites to, fi- to finally win his approval. I chopped on third ball for the game for two and then was subject to my dad dragging me around the ground for a lap, walking past every supporter calling me shit shot to everyone that would listen to him. The next league home game after he turned up and watched me try and cart a young leggy with a shit action into the next village, resulting in my poles getting rearranged Aaron Finch style. Walking back onto the balcony of the shed, he sat waiting for me, asking me what the fuck did I do that for? And in such a rage of fucking up another opportunity to finally get his approval, I blurted out, because I don't fucking care in front of my team. Luckily, being one of the only two willing to stand in the slips, I was saved from being labelled a rare unit. We also had an under-19s v over-40s game this summer, and I managed to give it away whilst he was bowling at me, chipping the catch to the only field inside the ring on the leg side, lovingly known as symbols. Please help me out with, <laughs> with what my problem is. Is it that my dad has the biggest alpha complex ever heard of, even though he's never played past third team, and I've been in the first the past three years? Or that I'm the one with the problem because it's taken me six months to gain the courage to talk about my 50-year-old dad beating me in front of my team and every parent in my, at my last junior game. Why change a habit of the last eight years, hey, dad? Regards, Joey Wilson from England. Mm. Wow, that's, there's a lot going on there mm. with Joey and his dad. Mm. Mm. You're both looking at me. Wow. So Joey's dad's a fuckwit. Yeah. I think uh, we know, can safely say that. Yeah. Yeah. But we've come across Joey's dad before. I mean, not exclusively his dad, like yeah. not personal. Mm. I don't know who he is, but yeah, like I, I think uh, like we obviously joke around about this stuff quite a lot. But mm. like one of the great things about having like parents that might suck, or if you see other parents that suck in particular parts of their life, like it can be a great lesson for what not to be when you become one as well. Mm. You know, there's a silver lining. Mm. To that, so hopefully, mm. Joey, you can experience it and go. Well, my generation will be a little bit better than yours. Yeah, I think so. And maybe it is an opportunity to, to sit down with his dad and ask, what, what about your relationship with your dad? Because That's obviously, right. these these uh, actions and characteristics are generational. And they, yeah, it's generational, mm. handed down. Mm. I want to know with Joey, like, what what's he playing for? 
That's what it always mm. comes down to. Is he playing to, mm. to earn the affection of his dad? Because mm. if so, he needs to stop playing cricket. But also mm. he banned his dad from watching his matches from the yeah. age of 15 to 18. His yeah. dad was blacklisted from coming to yes. any of his mm. matches yes. after he came to him in the changing rooms right. asking him why he got out stumped to a fat, balding fuck on a shit <laughs> wicket. But he obviously lifted that ban, yeah. um, mm. you know, thinking that, you know, mm. maybe he could repair that relationship. Well, maybe but his dad just let him down instantly. So yeah. maybe, mm. maybe just... Emancipation, leave your father, yeah. don't ever talk to him again. Yeah, I don't yeah, know what yeah. your options are. It's just like a binary thing, either leave cricket or leave your dad, one of the yeah. two. Is well, that, is it that depends like whether the this like beatering, which is I, I like that verb. Um mm. I don't think we've said that before, like to beat somebody. Mm. Like whether that extends beyond cricket or if it's a cricket specific thing. Mm. Hopefully it doesn't extend beyond cricket. It's about a relationship that his mm. dad has to cricket that's a little bit like messed up yeah. or something. But like like compassion is really the key. I think what you said, Dave, is is really important. Like, you know, maybe just try and understand what your dad has has been through or whatnot. Yeah. Um, but but otherwise, I, I feel like cricket's probably an unhealthy place to be yeah. for you. Joey. Maybe he's seen some things. It's like you know when you've got a, your granddad and you don't and you find out he's you know mm. served in World War mm. One or two and saw some mm. absolute atrocities. You mm. don't know the story until mm. you know. Mm. And therefore, like yeah, and also like pay it forward a little bit. So like mm. now that you see what it's like to be beated by you know someone who's probably insecure, like just mm. be a good bloke to other people and encourage them. Mm. Mm. That seems like a sensible answer. I think that was in the Bible, though. Um, all right. This one's um, – I'm just going to – we're up and up. Wrap up the show here with this second okay. one. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a longer one. It's from Matt Edstein, okay. and he, he, sta- he actually emailed this to us, um, this first bit. He says, hi, guys. Late last year, I tried to slide into both your Facebook and Instagram DMs with my hashtag AskTGC question, but it seems you haven't even opened my messages. Mm. This is a spot your Facebook messenger saying typically replies in one to two days. I'm starting to feel like Stan – in the eponymous Eminem song. All I am after here is to know that you have read my question. Mm. You can even just reply to this email with a tick. <laughs> the suspense is giving me anxiety. <laughs> Cheers, Matt. All right. So then I, I, went to, uh, I went to the thing and I found Matt's question. He said, at a recent pissing contest over beers, can you see why I didn't read it? <laughs> <laughs> at a recent pissing contest over beers with my colleagues in London, moved here, over a year ago, but I spent most of my life in Sydney. The conversation turned to our greatest individual sporting achievements. This, is, this one is usually an easy one for me. Playing for my school in under-11s, I took five for six off three overs in the last game of the season. This included a hat-trick in my first over. I was asked to recount each ball of the hat-trick. It was my pleasure to do so. I tended to come, off on, uh, come on as first change and fancy myself as a funky Miller-esque medium pacer come-off spinner, which was the style at the time. Side note... I didn't know why my coach ever let me bowl the offers, offies. They were fucking yuck. On this sunny Sydney day, I opted for the mediums. First ball was your standard under-11s dismissal. Pitched on the stumps on a half-decent length and the batsman played all around it. Smashed into the stumps. Second ball was exactly the same and the boys were getting around me. Mm. Hat-trick ball to come. The third ball cannoned into the batsman's front foot uh, front right hang on sorry the third ball cannoned into the batsman's foot right in front of the stumps a la Mitchell Johnson giving Stuart Broad a fucking broken foot in Perth 2013 the whole team went up and the umpire raised the finger absolute scenes after finishing my story I looked around the group obviously expecting everyone to be impressed but one bloke just stared at me with disdain he said you meant to tell us that your hat-trick in the under-11s was completed on an LBW decision? I didn't even think they gave LBWs in the under-11s. I started to panic. This guy didn't even know that the umpire was actually also my coach and my year five teacher at school. I began to question everything, not least of all the mounted cricket ball trophy that sits, still sits proudly on my desk 
of my old bedroom. Was my hat trick not a real hat trick? Was I merely the beneficiary of a coach slash teacher who was sympathetic of how much the team had been trounced all season? We were shit. Is my whole life a lie? Please help me, TGC. P.S. Worth noting that this is uh, the only match my dad missed all season. He was usually the team scorer, but couldn't make it that day. I was always sad that he missed what I thought was my finest moment, but now, depending on what you guys think of the legitimacy of my hat-trick, I can't help but be grateful that he wasn't there to witness this shameful moment. Hashtag Ask TGC. Excellent oh. question, Matt. <laughs> Sorry it took us a while to get to it. Uh. And we do actually see every message that we get, by the way. <laughs> yeah. There's a mechanism in Facebook where you can actually... Um... Well, don't tell on that. Okay, sorry. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's deal with that element of the question first. Yeah. 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 Well, like my first thought is that like any achievement in cricket normally comes with like some kind of disclaimer. And you, it's, a, it's like, you know, history is written by the winners. It's about the way you yes. deal with those disclaimers. Like, I mean, Dave, for example, you mentioned your childhood successes every week on the show. Mm. Um, they're still childhood successes. Mm. You know, you could clearly point out a few different issues with a lot of it. The fact mm. that you're playing in, you know, a geographically, like, um, rich area that a lot of those kids, you know, didn't even go on to play men's cricket and mm. stuff like that. Mm. But it doesn't matter. Like, no. you know, those hundreds are hundreds. This guy's got a hat trick. Doesn't matter if it's under 11s or how he got the decision. It's a fucking hat trick, you know. Simple as that. It's about the way he wants to spin that narrative. I'm a bit disappointed that, like, upon one question, his whole fucking life's unravelled. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you say you got what? You just like you know some man who just yeah. wants to reflexively question <laughs> success. Yeah. has said what you got it from it. You got it yeah. on an LBW and under yeah. 11s. And he's fucking like questioning his whole life yeah. now. How whether that's true and your sense of identity. Yeah, yeah exactly. That you've clung to for however old you are. Because if you need, like, <laughs> if you need incredible. blokes to just, if you need blokes to like accept all of your achievements without any questions, like, Purity. you're not going to survive in this world. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I've just done it to Dave. You know, like, he's, he's, <laughs> he's done some really good things as a kid, mm. and I'm still yeah. questioning it on air. Like, oh. that's just what we do. Like. I mean, don't worry about it. You got a hat trick, mate. Mm, go, great. Go I'm just it. happy that you brought up my hundreds again. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and that's right. Like, it's like slogans: stop yeah. the boat, say it enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Pez, great dissection of that question. Um, I just like it's just like toxic masculinity just wrapped up. I mean, like one guy hasn't even like hard pressed him. He's just like yeah. kind of like raised eyebrows, like yeah. oh, LBW was it last time? Yeah, and he's like. And this guy just like fallen. I started to panic. Yeah, he's like <laughs> fallen into like. His, and now uh, he's thinking about it. yeah, this umpire was actually my coach and my year five teacher. Yeah. So conflict of interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it was a lie. Maybe your life is a lie. But under elevens, under elevens have LBWs, don't they? Yeah, I think it says more about the bloke who asked the question. Yeah, it's just like well, what fucking no, under elevens were you playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah they. Yeah, I remember getting out LBW and getting LBWs in under 11s. I remember getting out, giving out LBW from my year six teacher yeah. from a guy <laughs> buying right arm medium pace around the wicket. Yeah. And I was giving out yeah. LBW on the front foot. Oh, yeah. Which gave me flashbacks. That? I remember uh, LBW. Uh, uh, Rod, uh, what's his name? <laughs> What was his name? Mr. Yeah. Who? I can't remember. I can't remember his name. That's yeah, going yeah. to annoy me now. Yeah. I can't remember his name. He's anyway. been convicted of something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not allowed to say his name on he has, he hasn't been. Um, yeah, so <laughs> it's it's so right. I have to say that uh, just to caveat it. Um, yeah, okay. Well, that's uh, you've answered it. You've answered it, Pez. Um, all right. Thank you so much to Adam Zampa. Thank you so much to Jason Sanger. Uh, the Brisbane Show Wednesday night. Get around us if you're from mm. Brisbane. If you're in Brisbane, don't don't bother coming to it if you're not going to be there. But um, you know. All right. We'll see you next week. To be honest with you, I um, hate grade cricket. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 